Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Spokesperson for the American College of Emergency Physicians. She's Dr. Lee. And the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. Hi, and welcome to the show, Health from the Outside In. Um, my next guest, Dr. Amir Gaffari, he is an assistant professor of surgery at University of Michigan uh, School of Medicine. He's also assistant professor in management and organizations at their business school, and he's a bariatric surgeon, started the program at the VA, and he's going to talk about this interesting study that I had read about suicide risk um, and suicide may be on the rise during a weight loss surgery. So welcome, Dr. Gaffari. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. So I found this uh, fascinating because, you know, obesity and weight gain, there is such a mental part of it. You know, people talk all the time about, you know, why people, you overeat and stress eating and things like that. So, you know, our weight, I guess, in some people is really tied to some of our mental health. Is that what you found? Well, you know, so um, yes and no. I think that, you know, that that has been kind of a common uh, belief amongst uh, patients who are morbidly obese. But, you know, we've also found that there is um, a significant genetic component to this, Um and so, um, while some patients do utilize um, overeating um, as a either a coping mechanism or as a as a substitute for other kind of uh, addictive behaviors, um, um, that there really is a, a mix of some genetics as far as uh, maintaining um, a heavier weight versus um, the kind of you know increased cal- caloric intake that just leads to obesity. And so, there's a lot of work being done in that arena to kind of dissect the two. Um, factors or reasons for patients becoming morbidly obese. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about this study. Um, what yeah. what did it do and what did you find? So, so you know, I... Um so the study was actually done by a different group of researchers um, at, in Canada, um, and um, I, I kind of gave my perspective on mm-hmm. it based on our experience here in the state of Michigan as well as in the VA system. But the initial study uh, was essentially um, an evaluation of patients, a little over 8,000 patients from Ontario, Canada, um, and they looked at patients over a five-year period and evaluated um, those who had undergone bariatric surgery, how many had uh, self-harm emergencies. And that's defined a little broadly. It doesn't necessarily mean suicide attempts, um, but, you know, patients who um, maybe had expressed suicidal ideations or maybe patients who had um, either intentionally or unintentionally um, uh, had uh, medication overdoses. But what was very unique about the study was they were able to follow patients for three years um, after uh, their initial bariatric surgery. And what they found was that patients who had bariatric surgery had about a 50% increase in the risk of a self-harm emergency um, at a year out. And that's what's really important. What was intriguing to me about the study was this isn't a phenomenon that's occurring immediately after surgery. Um, This is something that takes place and it peaks around a year to two years after surgery. And why, why that's really important, especially as a surgeon, is there is a lot of legwork that goes into evaluating a patient for bariatric surgery. 
all patients undergo uh, a mental health evaluation to uncover um, either any new mental health diagnoses or to make sure that they're optimally treated for any existing diagnoses. They also meet with a registered dietitian and have a lot of dietary counseling. Um, they meet with, obviously, a surgeon and uh, another advanced practice uh, practitioner, like a nurse practitioner or a uh, physician's assistant, and get a lot of medical education and clearance to be safe for surgery. So they have a lot of kind of uh, a lot of approvals that need to go in on the front end of surgery. But after surgery, there's really no guidelines. There's really no um, mandatory follow-up in patients. And I think that's where we have an opportunity to improve the quality of care that bariatric surgeons or bariatric, me, bariatric patients bariatric surgery patients are um, receiving. Yeah, no, um, I'm sure yeah. from a surgical standpoint, right, once yeah. everything's healed up, there probably yeah. are no visits. But um, d- I, I guess my other question is if it's a year or two out, d- did they see in the study or do you know, is that, do you know, that's the time sometimes you hear people start gaining weight. I guess it depends on yeah. the type of surgery they have, if their stomach yeah. stretches because they go back yeah. to their old. Was that somehow related to the patients that that did have self-harm? Yeah, that, that's a real insightful question as far as kind of what, why exactly. Why is it happening at a year and, and the study didn't exactly, um, wasn't able to answer that question of the why. Um, they were using kind of administrative data to follow these patients. So they weren't actually interviewing the patients. Um, I think that's an important area for investigation. But I think based on experience as a bariatric surgeon, um, I've heard from many of my patients kind of some of the underlying reasons of why they slip into depression or why, um, you know, th- why they're not as happy as they should be uh, or could be um, a year out from surgery. Now, I will, I will clarify something you did say. You know, surgeons, we still follow them. Um, oh. So, you know, my, in my practice, uh, patients are um, seen at two weeks, eight weeks, three months, six months, nine months, and 12 months. Oh, okay. um, so we actually do try to maintain contact and follow up with patients. But I'll say, you know, these patients typically are doing well medically. And so they kind of just... either even though we want them to come back, to stop coming back. And they essentially um, are followed by their primary care doc if they continue with a primary care doctor. As you know, many patients right. just don't because they're feeling fine. But, uh, but backing up to um, kind of what, what we, um, you know, what are the reasons behind uh, this peak in self-harm? Um, you know, I've heard uh, patients tell me that, um, you know, eating is kind of part of their social uh, life, right? So right. they'd go out to dinner with friends. Um, you know, they would you know have lunch at, at the office with friends. And now, you know, either they can't eat as much, they don't feel comfortable eating in front of other people because they're not eating as much. That kind of that part of their social life is uh, is erased. Mm. Um, I've heard of patients. Uh, many of my patients say that you know, their significant other might be obese as well, and they continue to lose weight, and their significant other isn't. And they leave them. You know, they're, they're unhappy that their partner now is losing weight and, um, and they're not. And mm-hmm. it, it creates this uh, uh, tension in the relationship. So um, these are just some examples, you know, anecdotally from my patients. Um, but I agree with you. I think it'd be important to look at what are some of the reasons if weight regain might be a, another important contributing factor. Right. And I also imagine that 
and I don't know whether these are picked up during the, you know, psych evaluation. We only have a couple minutes, but, you know, there's this expectation that every part of your life is going to be better. There are so many obese patients that I have seen that'll say, you know, if only they would be thinner, everything would be better. And that's (laughs) not necessarily true. And maybe that realization. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, um, an important component of the mental health evaluation in the preoperative setting is expectations, um, is really setting realistic expectations and kind of getting a sense of what the patient's expectations of this operation are. I agree. This is not a one-size-fits-all. It's going to fix all your ills and, you know, make everything better. And I think it's important patients recognize that. Um, and so that's an important component of that up front. But I think, again, when you don't have... Um, rigorous follow-up, I think patients forget that, you know, and, and, and that's where we're suffering and where we, we could really improve um, how we kind of follow these patients and what we're doing for them after surgery has already uh, taken place. Mm-hmm. And at the one year, we just have about a minute, you're just kind of weighing them and assessing how things are going. Are most people still losing weight at that point? Yeah, we, we expect uh, peak weight loss to occur at about a year. Um, with bariatric surgery, we talk about excess body weight loss, and we expect patients to lose about 50 to 70% of their excess body weight loss at a year. Hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting, and it was an interesting study, and I agree the expectation. It's a little bit like plastic surgery. You know, you have to have a realistic expectation. I want to thank my guest, and we'll have to talk about this more in the future. This is the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show, Health from the Outside In, on Radio MD, where feeling good starts with looking good. Stay tuned. 